There's but, a hell of a lot of Blade Runner in it. Like the Ridley's got what's the, what's the word? The cityscape. Homage. Yeah, the cityscape. Yeah, very it's just classic. directly copied and pasted from that. Especially when he's walking around and he's got all the different ads all hologrammed in. Yeah, the um, I I really enjoy it. I know Terence's complaint with it was the fact that it was too. He enjoyed the sci-fi bits, but when it got to like the crime thriller bits, he was just like, eh, turn off now." I almost feel like the the fight scenes have been car crashed into it more than the detective scenes. Like he'll be working something out, and then I'll have to beat some guy up, and it's more like, "Oh, look, I'm a cool kung fu soldier." Yeah. But actually, if he was just a detective, that would be cool. Yeah, no, I quite like. I, I I I'm not one for fight scenes in general, but I quite like all the all the crime drama side of it. I find it really entertaining. It's a good show. Hello and welcome to Money for All the Rope. That was quick. No messing around, catching up with people. Have you not been here since he does all the intros and outros now? Oh, you can sometimes... No, you haven't been here since I try and interrupt his intros and then do them myself. Oh, that was pretty good. A yeah. podcast is sensibly about idioms. This week hosted by three of your favourite people, Ben, Sam and Adam. Ben, what is your idiom? Uh, it's under the weather, as my sister was under the weather at the start of our holiday. Nice. Oh, that's a bad time to be under the weather. Sam, what is your idiom? Uh, enough room to swing a cat. I've checked. We right. haven't done it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought we it. had my idiom this week is no rest for the wicked no rest for the wicked good one thank yep. you should we start with mine no yes. rest no rest for the wicked what does no rest for the wicked mean when would you use it you kind of if you've got lots of jobs to do and the jobs just keep on coming in you kind of might use it for yourself so you'd be like oh i've got to go and empty the dishwasher now after putting my kids to sleep and baking a hundred cakes no rest for the wicked hey so yeah. you'd say it to yourself in a sort of uh Come on, Ben, we've got to get on with things now. Yeah, same. Even if you don't use it about yourself, like, Wicked is also always the subject of it. That no rest for the Wicked. They don't even have to have done a lot. Like, you could use it sarcastically, but you could use a lot of things sarcastically. So. <laughs> we're, Brit- we're British, we can use everything yeah. sarcastically. <laughs> Specifically Northern British as well. Like, it's hard to yeah. not get sarcastic sometimes. So, yeah, describe someone being constantly busy or in demand, jokingly suggest that they might have done something to deserve it. Okay, yep. I have a habit of using it when I'm in a snippy mood about something if somebody comes over and asks me to do yet another thing i'm quite happy to say oh, there's no rest for the wicked can i and just stop you there no because you... you're gonna make a comment about me being in a snippy mood <laughs> yeah i was <laughs> just, just to suggest he's never not in a snippy mood no i'm just shocked that you ever would be in a snippy mood adam <laughs> as i lick more of your house where does it come from where do you think it comes from what do you think the origin is uh, probably like judeo christie nonsense Judeo-Christian nonsense. <laughs> Just really go for generic answers there, trying to cover as many of the possible. I reckon it was used by people who uh, read and write words, Adam. And that's where it came from. Good guess, Ben. Good guess. You want to be horrendously specific, that's the game, uh, isn't it? I reckon it was first used in Meatloaf, one of his albums. Really? Yeah. Like Battle of Hell, yep. as we established previously. Yep. Nice. Okay. Ben, when do you think it comes from? I reckon it was uh, brought up in the WWE, back when it was the WWF, and it was like, <laughs> The Undertaker was like, no rest for the wicked, and then he'd, he'd lay people down. Not like in the early 90s, the heyday of the heyday of WWF. When was the, when was the legal action for uh, the World Wildlife? It's World Wildlife Federation, right? Mm. The, the other one. Yeah. But, and they got into an argument about who owned the rights to WWF. When was that? Like 2000? Something like that? I remember my mum and dad having a WWF the wildlife sticker on the back door and me watching the WWF on the TV and being confused about it as like a 12, 13 year old. So. <laughs> You're like, there's no pandas in this show. 
Oh, there should be more bears. I reckon you could you could definitely put bears in wrestling. There's a t-shirt that someone's made where it's WWF and it's just the panda from the logo, but it's got a steel <laughs> chair and it's laid another panda out. <laughs> That'd oh, be good. True Tekken fashion. Uh, so uh, can we pretend that this is a whole new one? Because yeah. I've got a better Undertaker thing. Okay, I'm going to leave your first one in because that's terrible enough to leave in. <laughs> but yeah, go on. So it's like the Undertaker's wicked. He's supposed to be a bad guy. But to get that hench, he had to work really hard. So his motto was no rest for the wicked. And then he just pound out like up to 10 press-ups. Because everyone knows. <laughs> up to 10? Because <laughs> everyone <laughs> knows. <laughs> press-ups are just like insanely hard, aren't they? I yeah, can do about four. Yeah, no, I can maybe do one. Yeah, just Does like it? three but, and dead. When you have to keep your elbows in, they're like a nightmare. When you have to do them properly. When you have to, yeah, when you're not allowed to cheat and just roll around on the floor. When you're not and allowed then to ruin your shoulders and wrists at the same time. Yeah, and then you've got to take your knees off the floor as well and it just gets even more difficult. Did you know you're supposed to lie down for the... <laughs> Either that, or it might be linked to the Wicked Witch from The Wizard of Oz. Oh, uh, yeah, another good. And how, uh, like, because there was a Witch of the Norse and a Witch of the Eath. The, the God, a, a Witch of the Norse and a Witch of the Eath. I've definitely had two weeks off talking properly into a microphone. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's um, holiday from the architect's practice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I was going to bring around some espresso martinis to drink, but Sam's off, Sam's off booze, so um, it felt like it would just... I usually do it before runs, don't I? Yeah, good point. It just helps before. training. So, so, I, so, yeah. Sadly, it's a sober, sober week off from designing buildings and arguing over who has the pencil. So, yeah. So, the Wicked Witch of the East, like, there's only one Wicked Witch. There's two in the world, isn't there? But there's loads of good guys in that show. Like, if you think about it, there's all the little people. What are they called? Umpalumpers, Munchkins. Yeah, Umpalumpers. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like the Wizard, and there's all the other characters which are good. But there's only one. There's only one bad witch. Philosophical question: Is the wizard good in the Wizard of Oz? He's fairly ambivalent, isn't he? He's not called the Wicked Wizard, so I'd say yes. <laughs> yeah, so we decide things. He doesn't make a horde of evil flying monkeys. Spoilers. 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 When did when did the Wizard of Oz come out? That iteration of the Wizard <laughs> it was of Oz, like the thirties or something. <laughs> it was pretty old. Yeah, was, was it the weird. first technical film? I'm pretty sure there's like four versions of the Wizard of Oz as uh, well. The weird monkeys were terrifying. They're like old school Doctor Who bad guys who are always the scariest. Like Daleks, no out. Not a fan of the Daleks. Or torture. I don't like torture movies. That's what I discovered as well. Really? Watching that, the torture scene from the carbony thing that Adam may be watching. Oh, so, yeah, the one in Alter Carbon. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't get better. Cool. So I've got three answers. Three <laughs> answers. Three potential answers for you. The first potential answer. It was common in brothels across England during the Edwardian era. Women in the profession took a certain pleasure in being labelled as wicked by the Daily Mail in an editorial which attacked the idea of prostitution as a way for upstanding men to demean themselves before the common harlot. It was a sentiment frequently shared, though generally not with punters. Or number two. Is it biblical in origin from the book of Isaiah uh, 48.22 and 57.20-21, the first evidence of which is from the Coverdale Bible, 1535. And the passage itself is, But the wicked are like the raging sea, they cannot rest, for the water formeth with the mire and growl. I don't know what, I don't know what those last two words are supposed to be, I can't read old, old English. Or is it, number three, in 2008, Cage the Elephant released a song called Ain't No Rest for the Wicked. That was a good song, though. Which became the first top 40 hit by the band in the UK charts. Before this, there is no known citation for the phrase. It was the theme tune to the Borderlands. It was, one or two. Great, one. Oh, is that it? That was a good song. Yeah, it's very good. Ain't No Rest for the Wicked, money don't grow on trees. I've got bills to pay, I've got mouths to feed. But I, don't believe, I definitely have heard the same before then. It's, it's, it's a good song. <laughs> it's a good song, but only their first album is any good. Absolutely wouldn't listen to an album. Like, I listen to that song because I know it. Like today, I found a cover of "Paper Planes" by M.I.A. 
and the cover was had Tom Morello in it, which was great. Tom Morello, who's he? Why Rage. Do I, why do I know? Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Oh, I don't know band names. No. Names. I know band names. I don't good. know band member names. It's a good song. So is it one <laughs> brothels during <laughs> the Edwardian era? Is it two biblical in origin, or is it three Cage the Elephant in two thousand and eight? Two. I got biblical. I like the idea of number one, but I'm going to stick with my tried and tested method of getting it right and go for number two. <laughs> getting it right. Yeah, it's biblical in origin. It yep. is exactly that passage. Uh, and there's a couple of examples of it in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah? I think it's Isaiah. But the first English-ish citation was 1535, the Coverdale Bible. But it does come from the original text. It's just obviously translated around that time. And again, another biblical one. We have the biblical ones quite often. It's not really surprising when they crop up because a lot of... You'd, you'd find it odd if the text that's been around the longest in English didn't give rise to a lot of sayings in English. Surprise, surprise. Uh, there's no, there's nothing true about the Edwardian brothels thing, but the Cage the Elephant song is a good song. And yeah, it was the intro to Borderlands. I like the brothel thing. How much effort did you put into that? Uh, not much. The tidbits for you. I've got some tidbits for you. Uh, no Rest for the Wicked is the title of an album by Helix, New Model Army, Ozzy Osbourne, and Mentallo and the Fixer. Right. It's also a song by about 20 other bands, but yeah. I couldn't be bothered coming up with, no. like writing down the list of 20 bands that had come up with. The no well-known ones. ones. Uh, no, that was No Rest for the Wicked. Um, weirdly, Cage the Elephant were the only ones that had gone with Ain't No Rest for the Wicked, but then it fits the meter of the song and it's the whole yep. point of the song. So diversifying a little bit. The phrase has evolved over time from one that literally meant eternal torment awaited those who deserve it to just being used for a comic effect, basically. Yeah. So it stopped being a literal you are damned to hell to... You're just a bit of a jokester, but you're working quite hard, so well done you. Okay, mm. that's where the rest comes in. It's like, because you're being tortured, it's not because you're having to do the pots. Like the donut gift from The Simpsons. I like that one. Um, um, that's um, a good one. Um. It's, reasonably, it's a reasonable, powerful card in uh, Magic the Gathering as well, which has a mana cost of two and allows the return of all creatures sent to the graveyard from the battlefield to your hand that turn. Oh, that's pretty good. It's a good card. Yeah. I played Magic the Gathering for the first time the other yeah. day. Magic's it's- a great game. I say played it. Uh, we played an open hand, and the guy I was playing told me what to do because I didn't know what I was doing. Mm. And I won. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you spend most of those sort of trading card games, though. I, I really enjoy Magic. The missus refuses to play with me, but. The cards are all drawn. Hmm? They are. Want... <laughs> oh, shoot. Um, my sister was listening to loads of podcasts while I was at the cottage. Yeah. And there was just some horrific, like them having a break from what they were doing just to advertise something. Yeah. Like they'd be like, okay, now it's time for an advertisement break. Do you find when you're running that you really need more energy? I find eating these delicious cereal bars gives me energy from cerealbar.com. Yeah, the best ones that do it are fairly self-aware about it. Like the they don't that, just read the copy. Mm, like, they just kind of mock the advert and... Well, not mock the advert because they probably can't do that. Bill but. Burr keeps doing it. He keeps getting banned from various advertisers on his <laughs> really? podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we should totally... We need to start practicing like, and just bring something along that we advertise. All right. Keys. <laughs> They're great for getting indoors. You try. I find that keys are best when I need to stop people from getting into my house. Sometimes I give a loved one a key and then they and me can get into my house. Hooray! Thank you, keys. That's pretty good. <laughs> me and you will do the adverts, Ben. It was also the spikiest engram that I've ever seen. Spikiest? Spikiest engram. It just seems to have a resurgence. I assume whenever a song comes out with that particular name, it just has it's a quite a, a long resurgence. phrase, though. So. No rest for the wicked. Five words. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. But that, that does spike up and down all the time. Had a bump around, again, 2008-ish, Case yeah. the Elephant, um, and it had a bump 
pretty much, I think, when Ozzy Osbourne's album came out. But for the most part, it's just really spiky over the last hundred years, mm. which is quite good. Shows a bit of consistency, I yeah. think. Thank you, Master Adam, for your wise words. Ah, you're quite welcome, Ben. Let's move on to yours. Under the weather. Oh, Humple Dunkle. You're looking a bit under the weather. <laughs> I told, Humple Dunkle. I told my wife that I don't use her name in the podcast and that her name's like Humple Dink or something. Floop-a-doop. Also, <laughs> also you, definitely called, you definitely called out your wife's name and your mum's name and your dad's name because I once had to cut a lot of it because I was like, you could definitely hack into a bank account with this information. Especially what the is? passwords Ben chooses. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Yeah, I choose some pretty bad passwords. Under the weather. Under the weather. Under the weather. You use under the weather when you're feeling, maybe not ill, but just a bit... A bit under the weather. A bit depressed. (laughs) I was going to say under the weather, but a bit bit depressed. You're just a bit down about life. You're just a bit dour. Not over the weather, you might say. You would never say that, but yeah. Uh, (laughs) Over the weather. (laughs) It's like being whelmed. Nobody's ever whelmed. No. Um, thoroughly whelmed <laughs> but yeah you're under the weather you're just feeling a bit just a bit down about life in general maybe you're in you're, you're in work and somebody comments like oh what's up with you oh, I just feel a bit under the weather you don't have to be ill you, maybe maybe it is used more commonly for yeah. people that are ill my notes I've gone for paper notes again people at home uh, so so you're right I have got that it is on my paper I love I love paper working in architecture practice if I went on a mastermind that or the back of my hand would be my chosen subject they did. They do you really the... know the back of your hand as well as people say they do. Uh, just also, before... that's, that's definitely an idiom that we should use at some point. Oh uh, yeah, it is. If I, I forget idioms so often, under the yeah. weather. Go back to it. Um, so yeah, so it generally means. I'm sorry, Adam, but the predominant use of it is when you feel poorly. Yeah. Okay. But you also use it when you're feeling sad or depressed. Okay. Or I'll take over, it. Apparently, I'll take it. So, where do you think it comes from? Uh, I think it's from when you're under the weather. Like people used to think you got colds from just getting wet or being physically cold. I think solid from that. Solid choice. Maybe that's one of my three choices. Maybe it isn't. It is. But mine's more exciting than yours. <laughs> I've ad libbed a bit more around nice. it, you know, expanded. That's good. You ad libbed it, you didn't like copy it from a website that told you. No, no, you'll like it when we get there. I think I've even got an accent for this one. I haven't written down everything I want to say because I've got such a small notepad. That's the downside to having a small it's notepad. Got multiple pages, though. It's two. I think it comes from old school weather people, mainly weather men, used to be very sort of strict and posh, and they were meteorologists in the truest sense of the word. They were kind of boring. They were usually old, white, glasses. Didn't look like anything like weather people do now. So people used to say you were under the weather because you were worse off than what the weatherman looked like on screen. So people used to watch the weathering. It really depressed when they were watching the weatherman speak, because he was like, oh, and the weather today is going to be cloudy with a side of rain. I don't know if you say side of, I don't suppose you do. Side of of cloudy with a side of rain, I like that. (laughs) Um, So people used to say you were under the weather if you were worse, or if you looked worse, or if you just seemed like you felt worse than the weatherman on the TV, because the weatherman was just associated with just depression in like the 1950s, 60s. Can't believe you're suggesting that modern weather people aren't real meteorologists. I didn't say that. You did? I implied it. I didn't say it outright. Interestingly, um, the are ma- they real? Are the... they real? Like, do you have to be a meteorologist to be a weather person? No, yeah. the Met Office is the only broad weather forecasting company that has all their weather forecast men are also. And I don't. Yeah, they've got one woman. She works in Manchester. The Met Office don't have people that do. They only forecasts. have people which are. They do have meteorologists. That's what they are. But they are all kind of all the weather people are also meteorologists. But there's but not like a Met companies. Office channel. 
pardon? There's not like a Met Office channel. So there, there is... The only, I was going to say, the only thing I'm aware of the Met Office doing is the shipping forecast. If you if you happen to be listening at four, uh, to Radio 4 at like 10 o'clock, no, 5 o'clock in the morning, it's even earlier than that, isn't it? And you hear the shipping forecast and like, and it's just a long string of numbers oh, and weird. names of places. But it's so much fun. If like, I reckon if, if I was really a soothing. drug taker, it would be just be phenomenal. Just the shipping forecast. Yeah. It is really soothing. It's like, uh, it's like ASMR yeah. when you listen to it. It doesn't, you can't understand any of it, but it sounds legit. So the, the Met Office do their own broadcast, obviously on the Met Office website. They also do ITVs and Channel 5s at the moment. Oh, right. Okay. I thought the, isn't, the Met Office is a government institution though, right? Yeah, it is. Um, but for whatever reason, BBC broke their ties with them. Yeah, they just right. ditched. Cool. And also, when you do it, I might have visited the Met Office recently to get all my <laughs> yeah, Met Office tell. facts. Why did you visit the Met Office? Why maybe, would you not visit the Met Office? Though? Maybe one of my relatives worked there. But yeah, no, I like that. And I also had something about a weatherman in one of my guesses. Guesses. One of my suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> Go on then, what are your suggestions? So we'll start off with that one. So, and this is where I got my idea about the uh, the WWE guy earlier. It comes from a WWE superstar <laughs> called the Weatherman, uh, who would put people under the weather uh, nice, when he fought nice. them and won. Yep. So good on him. What did the Weatherman dress us? Why would he say that? Because, because he was just like <laughs> he was making them feel depressed or sad by beating them. Yes, thank you, brain. Managed to keep it in my mouth that time. That works, doesn't it? And then it developed. It developed later in life to mean poorly as well, because oh. sadly uh, the, the the weatherman suffered from a series of illnesses, uh, which eventually killed him in the uh, late nineteen nineties. Oh, poor weatherman! Poor weatherman. But he would wear. Uh, he had an umbrella and a kind of what's those? You know, when you think about people running through the rain, what do you call those hats that they wear? What are you on about? Oh, you mean? Do you mean like the so the like ah oh, yellow? Yeah, Is it usually yellow? The guy that sung, no, the guy that sung Singing in the Rain, like as he danced along in that black and white video. Like a trilby. Yeah, I'm going to go trilby. <laughs> Classic rain wear. I don't think that, yeah. Trilby, and then overcoat that you see people that wear trilbies wearing. Dick Van Dyke? No. <sighs> Damn it. But then underneath that was just, so. was just spangly, sparkly kind of Y-fronts with a picture of a moon in each cheek. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Choice two. Does it come from when ye landlubbers who don't normally uh, travel at sea get a bit seasick and get sent down, uh, sent down underneath the, so you're underneath the weather and it's the weather making you poorly. So you get sent down to shelter from the weather underneath what is called in a boat, the weather prow. Because uh, apparently there's a weather prow in a boat because the, the boat rock is making you poorly and further down the boat it's less. Yeah. Less prominent, and also if you think the, you're more seasick if you're at the top of the crow's nest, I suppose you do. Yes, the boat as <laughs> you swing meters definitely. from side to side. Yeah, <laughs> the the weather's cause, causing the boat to move as well, which is quite often the cause of the sickness. So, like mm. under the weather. Yeah, I'm still playing the pirate game, so I'm very invested in this. Still playing the AC one. What's the pirate game? The Assassin's, Assassin's Creed. Creed Pirate Edition, Black Flag. Those games aren't they? And he like, never uses the right title for it. Either. <laughs> Assassin's Creed. I don't know what it's called? <laughs> the pirate one. Uh, to Yarr. be fair, I'm playing GTA 5, so I can't comment. Or my third and final suggestion, does it come from how the weather kind of affects our mood and how we're feeling? In the olden days, such as circa Henry Easter Times, healers would be like, Oh, it is raining! You must be under the weather! Keep yourselves inside to make yourselves better. Seasonal affective disorder? Yeah, something like that. Sad? 
Sad. So CD. you can get those weird lights. The healer weird lights. That? All the ones that wake you up as if it's um... no, 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 like ones you have on your desk. Oh, right. Just like okay. that put out like same apparent frequency as the sun on like the light spectrum, and it's sort of supposed to stop it. It's like if you're in an office that doesn't have much natural light, you can get one, have it there, and it's just like really bright light. I might actually buy one. <laughs> um, interesting tidbit about the healer was he was called Jeremy the First. Mm. But his last name was uh, Boot, and he later on went to found a. <laughs> I'm just amusing myself to form a well-known pharmaceutical chain just to try and make you think that that's the right one. Pfizer. <laughs> so yeah, those are the three that I've got. I can't remember what I did them. Oh, WWE weatherman, uh, pirates or not pirates, as the case might be, and just the idea that the weather makes us poorly. Seasonal disaffective disorder. I do like that one, but I'm gonna go. Pirates. Tenuous, tenuously linked to uh, Boots Pharmaceutical Stores. I'm sticking with mine. What was yours? C. It's the pirate one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, oh, I'm so, taking that. Points. So the kind of the two that kept on coming up in, in every website that I read about, like all I could find about it were just the idea that it is linked to this nautical theme and something to do with like when you were poorly on ship, you'd get sent underneath the weather bow or the weather prow part of the ship whereby you'd go to try and recover mm. um, which I think is pretty weak and one bit it's like dates back to 1800s is the first kind of uh, written example of it and there was something that I couldn't quite understand whereby they were talking about how it's possibly just a misprint and it kind of was a misprint in, a, in one article and then got taken on to be kind of used more and more so it was the pirates is the idea that there's this weird well, part of a ship, potentially a weird part of a ship that you used to go to to avoid the weather. Yeah, like nautical nautical backdrop. Um, but one one website was like, it could also just be that the weather does affect our moods. Mm. And if you're, you're generally happier when it's sunny and sadder when it's miserable, um, which I also uh, think has quite a lot of weight behind it. Well, it's weird. The whole weather makes you sad thing's interesting because you do get that... that... There's a great sense of if you have like a tent or some some sort of cover and just standing out when it's absolutely chucking it down is really satisfying. Yeah, S- yeah. Sitting in a field in a tent when it's bucketing down is a very satisfying feeling. I quite like the sound of rain on a tent if you're sleeping in one. Yeah, or a like caravan roof or something like that. It just sounds mm-hmm. quite nice. There's that song as well, Sunshine on a Rainy Day. Oh, I thought you were going to sing it in the rain again. No, that is a good song though. Trilby hats all around. Going to get shouted out for it not being a trilby now. It's going to be whatever the other one is. Sam, what was your idiom? Not enough room to swing a cat. There is not enough room to swing a cat. There's now not. then, we've definitely mentioned this. We must have mentioned Things this we have. before. Sometimes it's dead cat. Why would you kill the? Would you kill the cat first, or would the cat die from swinging it? Tell me, you're guessing. Have you? Has anyone ever swung a cat round by its tail? No. I'm, I'm going to guess tail. That's what I swing a cat by. <laughs> but what else would you swing it by his ears? Well, like because so in my head, <laughs> would you know how you know how when you have to, when you're in the theatre or film. You just duct tape cats together to make different sized animals. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, standard. Yeah. So, so they mu- so you've basically got a, a cat is basically just a, a unit of measurement, isn't it? That's such a good re- like memory for these things, <laughs> but not for, not for other things. Like, <laughs> but my wife's name. Yeah, you called your wife nope. Sarah earlier. Like, <laughs> <laughs> for those listeners at home, Sarah was someone that I dated about ten years ago. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm very happily married. <laughs> Honest. <laughs> to Sarah. <laughs> to to uh, Flooperduke or whatever I call him in this podcast. So yeah, so like, so a cat must be a, ba- a unit of measurement. Yep. 
And to standardize that unit, you obviously measure from the tip of its nose to the tip of its tail. Yep. Because I think any other measurement... Why wouldn't just... it have its feet stretched out uh, past its nose? But I don't think they'd be counted because they, they're, <laughs> they'd, have, they'd have different length paws or stuff. So the, the tail to the nose is definitely standardized. Do you, is it just used when it's a small place? Is that it? Like not enough room yeah, to yeah, swing? Yeah, the thing just... is like, yeah, it's usually like this place is tiny. Well, There's not enough room to swing a dead optional cat. Dead optional cat. To swing a dead cat I don't think I've heard. But also you talk about you only swinging cats around a small place, but you can get some big cats, can't you? Where you could measure bigger spaces. Like lions. Yeah. I'll tell you where we might have discussed this. What? On episode two. The mystery episodes. <gasps> dun, dun, dun! <laughs> <laughs> that don't exist. Or do they, Adam? He's uh, never acknowledged them. <laughs> that, may or, that may or may not exist. <laughs> the real episode two. No. The, the, <laughs> the, the ephemeral episode two. He's... he's, he's He's done that thing where he's uh he's himself into a corner for long enough that I now believe that there's not any secret episodes as well. And yeah. I was here recording the secret episodes. Apart from the one that we did when it was just me and Adam before you joined. I bet that was really boring. Yeah, it was pretty bad. That's, uh-huh. why, we, that's why we invited you. No, yeah. I think it was all right, but the the like 99p microphone that I had was still in the bag from where I left it there. 99p microphone. It's very cheap. Uh, can we do a retro episode where we record on that? We just sound terrible. It's in my bag. Oh, we we can go get it now. Like. Well, the no, sound, the no, sound quality no, no, is good, no, no. but I reckon the content's still pretty terrible. Not enough room to swing a cat. So I. But dead cats throw me off now. In your head, when you imagine that, when I say to you, not enough space to swing a cat, what do you visualize? A slave owner swinging a cat around by its tail. A slave owner? That's very specific. Specifically, it's a slave owner. cat and nine tails what's, what's he wearing? Uh, he's Egyptian, so... He's Egyptian? Like Egyptian garb. And, oh, this is amazing. My mind is just alight with your, what you're seeing in your head. And whereabouts is he? Is he, like, in the entrance of a, of a pyramid? A no, prison? he's not in the entrance. He's in the actual sarcophagi chamber on the inside of the pyramid. Mm. So is it, are you saying that it comes from ancient Egypt whereby they'd measure out rooms by being just big enough to swing a cat? <laughs> That's precisely what I'm saying, Ben. Well done. <laughs> that is amazing. That's my answer. Nice. What are you saying, Ben? So, well, I, have we decided that, that it's used to describe a small space? Yeah. I reckon it comes from uh, the Henrysta times because, because, okay, so do you know, you know the measurement of foot? Yep. Is like a standard measurement, but originally... It's the same size as your forearm. And I'm not, not, I'm not measuring that. I'm not falling into that trap again. No, no, it is. Okay, I'll measure. Ge- it. Right, <laughs> genuinely, like it's. But like I'm. You two look really ridiculous right now. No, I reckon my foot's bigger. <laughs> my arm's bigger. Sorry, because you, some there's no there's no correlation between your body parts really. Apart from that, we just proved it. Um, so like, so Henry VIII used to have a foot which was the size of his foot as a standard unit of measure. Yeah, two of them. But obviously. Um, obviously, A, he had to get that measurement out to people. He also had gout and syphilis, so his foot must have been huge by and the time he died. B, he had gout and syphilis, so his foot was huge by the time he died. <laughs> <laughs> Which meant that he had to think of another measurement. Okay, and like all crazy old people, Henry decided to collect cats uh, and, decided, yep. and decided that that would be the new measurement. Um Alongside this was the old Civil Rights Act for peasants and what would be deemed too small a abode for a family of six. And it was decided that if you could swing a cat around a room by its tail with its forenose not touching any of the walls, <laughs> then that was fine. 
You say four nose. I was trying to speak in yoldy English. Okay. Does anyone have a crack at saying <laughs> a crack the posterior at, nose? A crack at that with in yoldy English. Doth thine cat <laughs> spin around in thine room with only the paws touching <laughs> Z? He became it's a German rule as well. During the time when the Germans invaded England, yeah. Yeah, like fifty percent of the Normans when they invaded were German. They they brought the, the language Z. Didn't they invade around Henry as well? So that's my one. <laughs> Boom. Done. Who invaded first, Ben? The Anglo-Saxons or the Normans? The Anglo-Saxons. We're the Anglo-Saxons, aren't we? Well, I mean, deba- I mean, debatable. I'm definitely most. I'm definitely got some Viking in me. I'm ginger and ripped. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. Yeah, I was impressed when you did those three push-ups earlier. Boom! With your elbows in and everything. Yeah. Oh, burn <laughs> and lying down. <laughs> Such a deep burn. Um, oh yeah, not doing them lying down is a great way around, isn't it? Um, hey, on your back. Yeah, the Anglo-Saxons did first, didn't they? Because they were settled here when the Romans invaded. So Egypt or uh, Goutfoot are the two toss-ups we bring to the The Henryist Henry or Egyptian slave owner. All right. Seems to be 17th century. Okay. Right. So closer to the Henryist of times. That's pretty much the Henryist of times. Yeah. 17th century. Anything to add to that? Or is it just (laughs) the 17th century? that that was it. it. (laughs) What what do you think of that? How correct? No, anyway. So yeah, like 17th century, sort of like another naval one. Sort of like people on ships, like rowing places. Like there's some kind of corporal punishment element. And it it does relate to the cat of nine tails. Oh, right. Yeah. Cool. Where like... When, if there's not enough room to swing a cat, it's like the cat in question is the cat of nine tails. So it's like a room where you couldn't even like draw your arm back far enough to whip someone. For a yeah. second. Why, why would you use that as a room measurement after that, though? I don't, I don't know. Where does that come in? That's, that wasn't covered by anyone. It was This was a very sparse one. This did not have as much meat in it as I thought it would. They are sort of like those undersides of ships where they, where they have the rowers. If you've got two rowers to a bench and you've got two on either side, that's quite a lot of space. Yeah, I just, it, it's a, not saying the ship was small. I think it's just afterwards, like these people that have been whipped probably quite aware of how much space you need to swing a cat in, which probably isn't much. Uh, so yeah. then they're just like, damn, there's not even enough room to swing a cat in here. Like, I could see that becoming slang or falling yeah. into common usage because of that. Yeah. That'd be quite nice. Do we know why it's called a cat and nine tails? No, I've got nothing else to say. It's conjecture based on a few things I read. I'm not 100% certain. Nine tails. We'll go with it. Is it because it, it's derived from catapult back yep. when they first started yep. using them? They Bang just, on. They just, <laughs> it's uh, to do with catapults. Get nine tailed catapults and whip people <laughs> with that. But it was too effective, so they had to downscale it to, <laughs> to handheld. Handheld. It's nothing to do with cats. It's, it's nothing to do with cats themselves. And I. I definitely know the origin, but synapses are not firing. Go on. It's to do with cats. Damn it. <laughs> it's because it leaves, like, scratches like a cat on oh, the back of the person cats. you whip them. So okay. it's like a cat nice. of nine tails. Like, Don't buy it. Seems to be. Yeah, that's, that's what I found. So it's <laughs> legit. I'm just saying no. <laughs> it's fine. I'll put it in the serial notes if I prove Sam wrong or the internet wrong or prove myself wrong. Thanks for joining us this week. Be sure to leave a review on iTunes, subscribe to us on YouTube and on the Overcast app. Feel free to hit the star to get people talking about us behind our backs. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at podcast, And feel free to email us on cast at zy.io. As Sam says, email him absolutely anything and he will read it out. Relevant links from this episode are in the show notes and our individual social media accounts are available at the bottom. Thanks for listening to Money for Old Rope, a podcast ostensibly about idioms. This week brought to you by Keys. Does anybody read the serial notes?
Show notes. I hope so. I put show notes. notes. I was going to say notes on cereal. <laughs> That's a silly name for. <laughs> Why would you write notes on cereals? Um, show notes. I like to think so. I stick the alternative titles in there quite a lot as well. I read them. Do we get any feedback from people that aren't people that we know? Yeah, we've had we've had bits of feedback here and there, but I I mean, do you write to any podcasts? You listen to a bad example. You don't listen to any podcasts. I don't yeah, tend yeah. to write to podcasts unless I'm trying to pimp out our podcast to those podcasts. Oh, okay, I do that occasionally. But if they just actively begged someone to email them, I'd probably email them. <laughs> well, like we do. Which we've done many just times. Absolutely, prostitute <laughs> ourselves out. We will do anything for you. We yeah. will. You, yeah, but you made the offer of we will read. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think we will. I'll, I'll advertise whatever. It doesn't even have to be a product. <sighs> like, I will just read a thing out that you email me if you just want to wish Ben a happy birthday. Definitely or just Adam for last month. Send you a series of different, like, glyphs and see how quickly Fairly you can. Fairly sure read your it birthday's out. in March. 12th. I had to think then. It's not the 12th. It's not your birthday. Is he's, it the 12th and he's doing that thing where. I've got it in podcast. my calendar. Why do you have it in your calendar? So I don't forget. Why would you even want to acknowledge because it? Because you don't want it to be known or celebrated in the slightest, and I've failed twice to send you balloons. Yeah, you have. <laughs> twice. <laughs> I sent him a great one, but the delivery man couldn't find the HP offices. Really? Yep. Can... It was really annoying. It was great. It was a big box, and when you open it, like this, I can't remember what it might have been a giraffe or something. Like, just like this big giraffe elephant float, uh, balloon floats out, and it's got like dangly feet that weigh it down, and it's on a lead, and you can carry it around. And I put a note in there. It was going to be great. And the delivery I think it guy. was a doge, actually. It was doge. A balloon doge. <laughs> yeah, that was it. What's a doge? It's a meme. It's, oh, a, okay. it's a Shiba dog. Um, I, can't, yeah. I can't believe that didn't happen. I know. I'm, I'm amazed. And quite, frankly, quite relieved. Yeah. But yeah. You would have hated it. Delivery guy couldn't find the office. That's amazing. it's just a box. It doesn't look like it's got balloons in it, but when you open it, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Sam almost <laughs> describing a surprise there. <laughs> It looks like something it's not. No one expects to find balloons in boxes. No, I will. Inflated balloons. For the next hour. <laughs> and then I'll forget about this. And then on your birthday, you'll open a box from Sam and go, oh, what's this? And oh, a giant a, Sheba dog will pop a, out of it. It's a dude. And then I'll be like, oh, there's a meme about this. And I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> Do you know who coined the word meme, allegedly? Uh, Dawkins. Yeah, Dawkins. Mimetic algorithms and all that stuff. In the, I think it was in the God Delusion actually that he coined. God, he's a. (laughs) Isn't he? Richard Dawkins. Oh, right. He just is. I don't even disagree with him. He's just a. (laughs) Right. He's the atheist atheist. I've seen, I've been to see him speak. He's very eloquent. Of course he is. (laughs) Wasn't stopping being a. (laughs) 